Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Episode 95 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's time for another adventure in the world of Pokemon. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm Team Ortega, because today we're doing a spoiler-filled deep dive into Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet stories and characters. Of course, Victory Road is a production of the 4 Eyed Radio Network and is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design to fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And as always, please subscribe to and rate this podcast wherever you're listening. Those ratings and reviews make Victory Road much more visible and easier to find. And I am certainly not alone today. I am joined by my partner in crime fighting, deep diving, and incredibly important literary critique. It's my co-host from Walloping Web Snappers, Derek. Hello. Hiya, Derek. Uh, I don't get the Team Ortega reference. Why does that have to do with spoilers? <laughs> what, am Orte- what am I missing? Ortega's one of the uh, one of the Team Star bosses, dude. <laughs> oh, so you, that's okay. But that, you, I knew that. I just was. I yeah. was like, what does that have to do oh, with spoilers? I just, it's just like a thing we do where we just like say a team thing. Like we just pick something related to what we're talking about that day. So I don't know. I See, just picked I thought something it been, that I hadn't talked about yet. I thought you would have picked like like a like a late in the game spoiler. Like I'm the AI professor or something like that. That like I... nobody would even know that. Like yeah, that I guess is a spoiler. So. You know what I mean? I'm team that's what I am. AI that's what I am team Sada. Tur- I am team AI Turo. So there you go. <laughs> Got it. You're welcome. <laughs> we're workshopping as we do it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, qu- i'm just I, trying I, to make it better yeah trying to make things yeah, better here yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i have a question for you derek yeah is your spite op sense tingling <laughs> oh, i you know i named my first tur what is the name of the initial tarantula uh, tarantula is that what yeah tarantula when i first got because he was one of the first ones i caught mm-hmm. i mean these they like show up everywhere i named him kid arachnid um, nice which is really That's very funny, funny though, considering neither one of us loves that name no but i mean it worked for him but but, but it worked because i was like oh he's like a cute little he looks like a little, little kid spider but then it's extra funny yeah i didn't know what he evolved into and then he evolves into like a dad with a mustache basically like <laughs> the opposite of a kid arachnid so then, then the name just becomes ironic <laughs> Yeah, mine are named after Spider-Man things, too. I named the first one I caught Totem, and that evolved, and then I named the next nice. one Mayday. Oh, fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's nice we have some more spiders, and it's nice that we have spiders that actually have eight legs for the oh, first God. time ever in the history of Pokemon. Spiders yeah, with eight cute. legs. They're cute, too. I like, I, like yeah. those, uh, I like both of their designs. Yeah, me too. Well, okay, so here's the deal, everybody. Um, if you have not played, I mean, you should know this by the intro, um, (laughs) I will make sure the title says spoiler filled, uh, since we already said AI Sada and Turo. (laughs) Hey, look, (laughs) I mean, yeah, too late. Yeah, too late. Maybe maybe somewhere in my mind, I knew that's why I wasn't going to pick something like 
that. But here's the deal, if you didn't get it already. Uh, if you have not played or completed the main campaign of Pokemon Scarlet or Violet, our discussion will spoil you on probably everything story-related. Um, so if you have not been serenaded yet by Grammy Award-winning artist Ed Sheeran during the credits of these games, um, mm-hmm. and you don't know what happens yet, uh, this is not the episode for you. And that's okay. We will be here when you finish the game. <laughs> Yeah. So just throwing that out there. (laughs) Um, So what we're talking about today is Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, of course. And we're talking specifically about the story and the characters. So we're talking about the main campaign of the game, the stuff that you do in the game to hit the credits. That's kind of how I measure what the main portion of the game is. Um, There is always lots of stuff to do after that, and maybe we'll touch on bits and pieces of that. But primarily what we're talking about is a story, um, Mm because that's the stuff that Derek and I like, is story stuff, so... Um, I am curious though, Derek, before we like dive into the narrative of it all, um, yeah. you've clearly finished the main campaign. Obviously you, you have, cause you wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's funny to think it's been like two years at this point, but to me, it still feels like you have recently jumped back into Pokemon. But when I think about it, <laughs> you've been playing go, uh, you are very deep into Pokemon unite. You have played, um, the Gen 4 remake and Legends Arceus. So even though it's really only been like two and a half, three years or so, um, you've now played like a whole handful of like new Pokemon games. Um, yeah. And I'm curious how this one feels, how this one stacks up. What are your thoughts on this one sure. now that you've got like the whole recent past few years under your belt? Yeah. Well, it is weird because even with all that, I think it speaks to how much Pokemon stuff has been out there. I still haven't played sword or shields um which is sort of weird so mm-hmm. this is the i guess this is the first time since um ruby and sapphire that i played a mainline game at the exact same time that the mainline game came out and like didn't play a remake or didn't go back and play an old one it's and and, and it wasn't like a spinoff or whatever like it was a mainline yeah. pokemon game right when it was coming out um so that's a weird gap and obviously like i don't know the like diamond and pearl is is because I played the remake is kind of thrown in there. So like it is interesting having kind of missed like a lot of the middle section, like going kind of from <laughs> that to this. Yeah. Um, I think if, 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 if I didn't play Arceus or if Arceus didn't exist, um, it would be way different, but you know, then it would just be like night and day with how different it is. But at least with that as sort of a kind of a transitional thing mm-hmm. um, to how this game works out. I think that, helped a lot gameplay wise and you know all the basics of pokemon are still there so that's not a really that's yeah none of that's changed i think really what took me by surprise and i think the reason that we're doing the podcast focused on this is how narratively different it is from any other pokemon thing i'd ever played and what i'd come to understand pokemon had continued to be and from mm-hmm. my understanding it's 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 a kind of just departure period i feel like a lot of other people feel the same way that that the narrative of these games is sort of what i mean other than like the open worldness of it all like the narrative is the thing that that is really just a huge departure departure from what pokemon games have ever been it seems like yeah, there's an interesting thing that the Pokemon series has done for the past few generations. This is generation nine for anybody who's not keeping track. Um, nine, eight, and seven are really kind of uh, different in the fact that they don't present the game's premise as, you're a kid, go be a Pokemon master, which is kind right. of what they were for a very long time. Each one of the new 
newest three have like a thing to them right so mm-hmm. uh generation seven it's like we're building a pokemon league in this region that doesn't have one um which really isn't that big of a premise and then sword and shield it's sort of like a sport this one though it is like full-on premise like you're a student this is your school project um yeah. and then it finishes in this really bananas way um pokemon has had stories before um but the fact that that this one isn't centered around like an evil team and it almost almost doesn't even really have a villain in a way. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I think that's like that's a solid argument to make. You know? It has it has like a an antagonist but not really a villain in the traditional sense. Or yeah. is if it's if it's if it's if it's a villain at all, it's like a very tragic villain in Totally. A lot of ways. Totally. That yeah. that feels very different about it. And the fact that the scope of this one, it manages to feel like a big task without feeling like, oh, um, could you, ten-year-old child, stop the apocalypse, please? Right, but <laughs> like you kind, of, like you kind of are, but not in the same way. Like it's not like right. a, it's not it's bringing not about an, an end to the planet. It's just like yeah. stop your region from being destroyed. Right, and it's also like not not as immediate of a threat. Like it is yeah. in a lot of ways, but it also is more like over time these Pokemon will destroy your region. Not like oh no, the rising of this legendary is going to flood the world right now or something, or we're going to break time and space. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's it's very different, but it's also but the stakes are still very high. And I think the other aspect of it, it isn't just the premise of it, but a thing that we'll get into is. I I never play Pokemon games expecting like deep characterization or character arcs, yeah. you know? And this game is all about that. Like it is very it is driven by three other characters uh and then everyone involved in their orbit and the storylines kind of involved with them and then a whole supporting cast that also get, you know, little little mini arcs and little mini quests that sort of deepen their characters and their history. Like it's a really surprisingly character centric game. Like all mm-hmm. the all the stakes are more driven by like emotional consequences for other characters outside of you rather than just, you know, the the state the, the the state of the world or the stakes of the end of the world or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that these three characters you're referencing and those, uh, you know, and that this is kind of how we'll break it down actually is by those three characters. Um, mm-hmm. those three characters, I feel like are easily the fullest sort of companions or rival adjacent, uh, characters we've ever had. I think there's a character in sword and shield named hop, who is your traditional rival who has a character arc, but a lot of people don't really like hop as a character, hmm. um, because it's a pretty simple, basic kind of one note thing, you know, like, there is an arc, but kind of isn't an arc. And if you end up playing those, I'll be curious to get your sense. Um, it, it It is not as full as these characters. There have been other games where you have a cast of companions, X and Y. Um, mm-hmm. You had a whole bunch of companions, but they weren't. They didn't feel like full characters, you know? So I think, sure. to me, this is what stands out, is these, like, everyone gets an arc. Um, which I think makes a lot of sense, because your player character is 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 a... Um, Nothing an avatar character yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's pokemon yeah. it's always been an avatar character so if you can't give you know a full character arc to the player character you've got to give it to somebody and this feels like the first time they've really allowed themselves to do that in a very full way with multiple characters mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. those 
three characters each have a corresponding sort of like piece of the story. Because Scarlet and Violet are these open world games where you can kind of choose how you want to play. And we've talked plenty uh, leading up to and a little bit in the aftermath about what those three paths are. So you have the Victory Road path, which is kind of the traditional Pokemon game path. Um, with gym leaders in the Elite Four. You have the Path of Legends, which primarily focuses on Arvin and the Titan Pokemon, which is almost like a little sequel to Arceus in its gameplay. Like you have these big yeah. boss Pokemon. Um, and then you have Starfall Street, which I think is the thing that feels the newest that Pokemon has never really done before. Uh, this mm-hmm. particular mechanic, um, which I have plenty to say about mechanically, um, <laughs> yeah is new but the story i think i have a lot to say in a much more positive tone um than the mechanics um so let's i I think we should start with the victory road stuff because that's the most traditional pokemon stuff um Mm -hmm. this centers primarily on nimona who is your your sort of classic pokemon rival she's like your mentor at the school um because you're the new kid at the school and she loves battling and she wants you to be a good battler and that's like her sort of primary focus and i think she has an arc but i think um hers is the most traditional the most kind of expected and maybe not the deepest arc of the three characters so let's start with her and and the victory road stuff what did you think all that yeah i mean it's the most basic part of the game like this that this that's the part that's every pokemon game right i think um Mm -hmm. Which it, which I'm fine with. Like I think that it that it works as a backbone. What I one thing I appreciate about the game is that I think that they sort of acknowledge like it's very clear once you get to the Elite Four that like like you know that this isn't the end of the game. <laughs> like you know that there's a oh, lot more yeah. stuff. This is the least interesting part. Like they're clear to acknowledge that, which I think makes the gym stuff. It makes it feel like a little bit less momentous when you go to a gym, but also like makes it fun at the same time because. Mm-hmm this this narrative stakes aren't in that so that's more just like this is how you're just this is how you're playing the game tactically is for the gyms and then you know you're emotionally invested in everything else so fine with that um the gyms are fun nimona is a character i like her yeah there's not really a whole lot to her depth wise but i do think she stands out as being like the sort of self-aware rival where it's just like, I know I'm a rival. I'm perfectly trying to be a rival because I like <laughs> right. you and you're fun. Yeah. So let's do that. And like, she's it's like, I, I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but like the internet likes to call her Goku. Cause she is basically yeah. just Goku. Like that is her characterization. She's just like, I love the battle. Oh, I'm going to, Oh, I think you could probably, I'm going to actually, you know, uh, restrain myself in this battle because I want to see how good you are. Oh yes. Finally we can go all out. Like her whole goal is to just be able to have a worthy opponent or whatever. Oh, yeah. And not in like a weird, like honorific samurai way, but in a, like just in a, like I'm bored by everyone else. And I think you're cool. So yeah. I'm going to help you be the best that you can be so I can actually like have fun in a battle again. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I totally agree with the Goku comparison, at least as, as well as I know Goku. <laughs> um, but I also mm-hmm. think Nimona, uh, kind of ironically enough, because um, it took this long to actually have this character inside the games. I think Nimona is the most Ash Ketchum character we've ever had in the <laughs> games because That's he's fun. technically not from the games. He's like based on the original protagonist. But again, the original protagonist is an avatar so the original protagonist goes on to be red who is like this very serious champion battler that you then meet in future games and Mm -hmm. is explicitly not ash ketchum nimona is very like current ash ketchum where he has has been 
he's still 10 or 11 or whatever, but he's been doing it for so long that like, he's good. Right. And everybody knows he's good. He knows he's good. Like he's a good battler and he just wants to have the best battles possible and be the best battler possible. Um, mm-hmm. and she like brings that energy here. Um, and just isn't quite as stupid as Ash Ketchum most of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. also interesting. Like you mentioned, she's just looking for the best opponent or a good fight. She is one of the few sort of, uh, champion rank trainers in the region who did what she did as young as she did. So it really mm-hmm. is kind of presented as she is a peerless character, right? There are other champions, but they are probably all adults. Um, and she is, uh, or I guess babies, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. She is really kind of the only, it seems like, teenager uh, or teenage champion, or at least she's presented as a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. And they play that up. You know, I, I, I kind of appreciate that they kind of, you know, every, every Pokemon game, you know, the uh, the ideal ending is that you as a child become a Pokemon champion. And I kind of like that this uh, this game kind of acknowledges like, OK, so what happens after that, though? What is that kid like after they become a champion, <laughs> but have to still like keep going to school and like living yeah. as a teenager in a world full of not champions like I, I kind of like that. I feel like you would go a little bit crazy and she kind of has, but in a really fun way. And it's just like, okay, give me the next challenge, please. I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do think that context makes me like her more. Cause at first I was like, you're a little intense for me. Like you're very classic anime protagonist, you know? Yeah. Um, but knowing that she is this sort of restless or, or thinking of her as this sort of restless, antsy without peer type of student who, like you said, is forced to continue going to school. Uh, or it seems that she is forced to continue, you going to school like yeah it almost feels like if a uh somebody who like got famous suddenly as a kid for being on tv was forced to go back to sort of quote normie school and just like Mm -hmm. operate as if everybody didn't know who they were or they didn't have like this massive disruption in their life yeah. I think it's really neat too that she gets to be the final battle after like for Victory Road after mm-hmm. the actual champion. Like uh, like I felt like the Elite 4 battle and the champion those battles weren't that hard in my opinion. Um <laughs> a lot of the battles and maybe I was overleveled but I felt like they yeah, were like super too. easy. But I also felt like that was okay because again it was very clear that in this game the Elite 4 stuff is not really meant to be like the end all be all point of the game. And then that's sort of like, uh, I think it's even, even more clarified when it's sort of like, okay, now that you've done all that, now your real fight is with me, your teenage friend from school. And like, it is a harder battle than the champion was. So Mm -hmm. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's maybe we, maybe we work backwards here because we're already talking about the elite four. Um, I, I thought that the hardest battle among them, if we're including the champion, was the champion, if only because yeah. she had a Pokemon that I hadn't seen to that point. Um, and I had no idea what a King's... Um, I keep forgetting the name of King's, this thing. King's Gambit, right? King's Gambit. I keep wanting yeah. to call it uh, King's Glaive for some reason. Is that something else? Hmm. That sounds know. really familiar. Um, but she presented a challenge, if only because I was like, I don't know what this Pokemon is. But you're right. I, I also was overleveled, and so I didn't have a, a super hard time with the Elite Four. But I liked the Elite Four as characters, save for maybe one. Um, mm. I thought they were fun. These, this is an Elite Four that you meet um over the course of the game, which I always appreciate. I do not love, for me personally, characters uh that are only part of the end game. Um, I actually think Champion Gita could have been a bigger part of the game as you go through, since you have to 
battle her at the end. Um, kind mm-hmm. of like a Cynthia in uh, the Gen 4 games. She kind of constantly sure. pops up. But uh, but I thought they were kind of fun. I love Rika. I think she's really cool. I think there's yeah, a lot yeah, of potential cool. for her if she ends up in the anime. Um, yeah. And I love Larry. I fucking love Larry. I, he's a gym yeah. leader too. And I, 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 I normally don't like when they double dip. But the fact that he is this sort of like tired businessman who feels <laughs> like he's uh like just on a daily grind and tired of it all and he's doing double duty and probably not getting paid for two jobs felt correct yeah well and i love to i feel like it they even double down on on him being just like the normal set like tired guy because it's like it's like oh he's the normal gym leader oh that's a funny joke because he's a very normal like straight laced down the middle person of course yeah. he'd have normal pokemon and then he gets to you know the elite four and it's like well they made me use a different type because they thought normal would be too easy and then he uses flying and it's like <laughs> oh is this going to be some metaphor like did you did you as like this amazing like you know child child pokemon master like teach him to spread his wings and he's going to like be more creative and quit his job and it's like no no he's actually he just used flying type because that's just what they told him to do because yeah. he is just a workman guy and nothing yep. changes and he'll always just be <laughs> tired and overworked and underpaid probably. So that's great. it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so great. I love that the character they made to be as sort of like normal and bland businessman as possible will easily go down as one of the most memorable gym leaders and elite four members ever. I yeah. could not name most elite four members from other games. They sure. just to me aren't that memorable um, yeah. because they frequently don't appear until the end of the game um, and mm-hmm. aren't usually incorporated into the story. So the fact that Larry is going to be memorable for being so boring <laughs> is so funny yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. He ends up yeah. being more dimensional because of that. Right, right. It's so fun. And the, the, I mean, it's just such a fun, funny, like ironic joke that they have with him. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of self-awareness in that, in this game, in a lot, in, yeah. in a lot of the elements and characters. Um, and that definitely is one of them. It's just like completely subverts any, <laughs> any, uh, any previous sort of expectation you'd have for, uh, you know, bombastic gym leaders and elite four members and stuff and the complete lack of growth compared to every other character yeah. in this game. It's so fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's by far my favorite part of, of the Elite Four because he was already part of my favorite um, of the gym leaders. The other two, I mentioned Rika. I like Rika. I don't think there's that much to say unless you have more no. to say about Rika. The other no. two are Poppy and Hassel. And I think Hassel could be interesting um, because he's one of the faculty at the school. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's more to mine from him as faculty than there is as an Elite Four member. Oh yeah, sure. I thought it was weird. I thought it was a weird choice for him to be one of the elite four members out of everyone in school. Like, I feel like they should have had all of your teachers be elite four members you, and just go fully into it. Um, because I I expected that to happen. Yeah, or at least one of them. I uh, like one of the other ones. I should say because Hassel right, is right. one. Um, you know who I thought it was going to be if if I had to pick a faculty member. I thought it was going to be time because she talks about how she used to be a gym leader. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she used to be a gym leader because she's now part of the Elite Four. And Mm. I have a question for you. We haven't talked about the gym leaders yet. And we haven't talked about the faculty yet. But since I'm talking about time, time and rhyme are sisters, right? Yeah, if have you pl- have you taken all of do they get classes? To, do they make that explicit? I haven't yet. Yeah. So that's like mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, she good. Talks I was about, like, yeah, this has to be true. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I would I would definitely I would recommend taking the classes. I would say this to anybody. I think the classes seem daunting at first, um, but they are way easier to get through than you think they are. And you do have to take like midterms and exams, which is weird, but you can just Google the answers to them. Just uh, just cheat on the tests. Oh, sure. Um, but you do get good, uh, some fun character stuff for the teachers from them. Like you learn from them and you get like you get a Pokemon at the end of one quest. And it's the only way to get a po- that Pokemon in this game. And, you know, you do learn more about them. Some of them are weird. Rhyme's actual, like, quest that you do with her is kind of weird. Like, I say quest, like, almost in quotes, because it's barely anything. It's just yeah. some scenes where you talk to her a little bit. But sure. um, that one's weird. But you do at least, like, learn more about her and get to know her. And, like, I, I liked okay. all of the teachers more from taking their classes just because you get more scenes with conversations with them and and learn a little bit more about their background and ha- to have some fun stuff and do some favors for them and stuff. Okay, I'm glad they um, make that explicit because I was like, this is too obvious for them not to acknowledge it at all. Um, and Rhyme is one of my favorite gym leaders, so I'm glad that they're and, – and Time is one of my favorite teachers, so I'm glad that yeah, they're sisters. Absolutely. Um, before we get into the rest of the gym leaders and, and teachers and whatnot, the other Poppy, <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't Poppy like it. the baby, not into it. It's weird. It's I think weird. it's a weird choice. Well, and it's like there's – I feel like there's there's directions they could have taken it in. Like either <laughs> – it's 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 going to be weird to have a little kid in the Elite Four no matter what. But if they're going to do that, I feel like they just kind of threw the bomb out there and then just like didn't do anything with it. It's just sort of like, yeah. he, isn't it weird that this child is a gym leader? Anyway, here she is and she's steel type for some reason and they don't go any further with it. And I'm like, maybe I don't want an explanation, but also I feel like I need an explanation. Otherwise, it just feels weird and uncomfortable. And I don't. And, and it's like all the worst implications of how this like four year old who doesn't seem particularly like smart in how she like communicates with people. Like it doesn't seem like she's like a genius prodigy in that way. Like she's not, she's not mature, I guess is the best way to put it. Like she still is just like like, literally dressed like a baby. Yeah. But just happens to be a good Pokemon trainer, which is like, cool. I think you can do something with like a kid who's just innately good at training Pokemon. Um, but they don't really do anything with it. Like, how no. did she come to be here? I don't. It's it, uh, yeah. It's just weird. Can we briefly workshop it? Like, how would it work better? Because I have an idea, but I'm wondering um, if you have yeah. any. Not really. Go for it. <laughs> I think you could do something where one. I don't think she should be a baby. Just bump up the age a little bit. We we yeah. have plenty of like other school children who are younger than our player character. Make it somebody mm-hmm. that age. And have have their guardian present when they're battling. I think you could have plenty of jokes and moments or something funny there where, like, yes, they are so good, but also they're still a baby. Like, they're still a child. Like, they can't they can't have a full-time job being an Elite Four member because they're a child. So there's their, like, mother in the corner or something. Like, I think you could do something funny like that and have it have some humor incorporated into it while also acknowledging how weird it is that there is a, you know, eight year old member of the elite four or something. Yeah. And that would at least add a little bit of depth to the experience. Right. Well, cause I thought, cause I thought at one point that she was like going to be a family member of someone already in the elite four or something. Cause I think she even like jokingly calls Hassel grandpa at one point. Does, and I yeah. was like, does that mean that, wait, is he literally her grandpa? And I don't think that it is. I think she's just calling him so. grandpa cause he's older, but it's sort of like, I would feel more comfortable if that was the case. If she was just a kid who's just been raised in this environment of Pokemon training, picks it up pretty much innately. Um, and like, they're always there anyway. So it's just sort of like, wow, you're really good at this. And I think you could challenge it, challenge gym leader or uh, challenge people for the, for the championship while I'm here with you as well. But the fact that she's just like this random 
maybe orphan that they picked up and just were just right. like Who we're gonna turn you into to? the ultimate pokemon training machine <laughs> yeah it's very weird i i i think that you know it's easy for them to frequent like frequently there will be members of the elite four you don't know that much about and sometimes it works just based on the whole mystery of it all like they are these these looming figures or whatever i don't love when that happens but i get why they feel like they can do it if you're gonna have a baby there needs to be a story there. Like yeah. we need to know yeah. why. <laughs> so I think there's things yeah. they could do with it. I think that they made her a little bit older or if there was a parent there or if they incorporated her more into the story so that we got it. Or if she was this sort of weird, like, um, I mean, I don't want this personally, but if, if they at least explain that she was this sort of weird, like almost militant, uh, like Pokemon <laughs> trainer child or something, there might be a story there, but yeah, yeah. weird. Don't love it. Yeah. She's my least favorite. Uh, she is too. Uh, going back to Hassel for a second. Uh, sure. You, you have you done his classes by any chance? I've done some finished? of them. I've, he's the one that has Professor Gibble, right? Yeah, yeah. So which so his his <laughs> yeah, which I love. I love. I, love, I, I freaking love Professor Gibble. I love Professor <laughs> Gibble. I love. I love the Pikachu in Doctor Jacques' class as well, um, or just Professor Jacques, whatever. Yeah, I I. Uh, yeah, love Gibble, but but I was just gonna say, Castle's story does endear me to him a little bit more. Like the backstory that you learn as you complete his class, his classes, and like his because you learn about his family and stuff, basically. Oh, interesting. So, uh, that's mm-hmm. good because yeah. I thought he was just going to be sort of like what the game developers thought a tortured artist was going to be, which didn't feel like they were like there was some like er, his earliest classes are kind of like that, but it was mm-hmm. sort of weird in a way where it was like. I feel like you're more of a stereotype of like a like fruity art teacher than you are oh, sure. actually being written by somebody who uh, is like uh, into that sort of vibe. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's so still he definitely still a is. little bit more into he, it. He's a, still a bit of a stereotype, but at least sort of explains why I, I think like it is actively like I am running away from my family to teach art who doesn't approve of art and wants me to do something else kind of story. Nice. You know, it's okay, not anything revolutionary, but it does, I think. I think endear you a little more to him, um, mm-hmm. which makes, you know, the fight with him in the elite four kind of, uh, a, a little better in my opinion. I, I did sure. all the classes. I kind of powered. I basically spent my, the morning of Thanksgiving, um, in school, just taking a bunch of midterms and classes. Nice. So yeah, I wish I had, I I wish I had done really. the classes before the elite four. It sounds like it would have been a, a beneficial thing to do. I think so. Yeah. I think it's, they're, they're definitely worth it. You get some good rewards too. Hell yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, do we want to talk about the gym leader? We don't have to go through every single gym leader, but gym leaders in general, who are your favorites? Um, I like, um, I I'm blanking on some of the names, but yeah, I like time. I think she's, uh, or no, wait, is it time? You're no, mixing rhyme. them up. Sorry. Rhyme. Yes. Rhyme's the rapper, rhyme. dude. <laughs> rhyme rule. Of course. Yeah. No, rhyme, rhyme's whole sequence is so fun. And she was the last one that I played. I don't know if she is sort of, intended to be the last one or not but i i did her gym last and i was glad that i did because you know the two person uh the two pokemon battles are really fun which Mm -hmm. i don't think they ever explicitly say if like what time like what she was a gym leader of like what her type was so i read some like theories that people had posited that like they were co-gym leaders or something and like i like that did yeah and so that's that's why she does the two pokemon battles is because she's used to fighting alongside another person anyway you know i like that Um, a lot better than just arbitrarily having a gym leader who does double battles 
I think, you know, I mean, it's not in the text. That's all just people's positing. But like, I like that idea. I think that that kind of explains it a lot better. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think she's such a cool character. She, to me, you know, in the past few generations, there there's probably going more than just a few, actually. There's always at least one g- gym leader to me that really epitomizes what I love about the current state of Pokemon characters, which is that like Pokemon has really embraced the idea that anybody can be like a badass trainer. And so mm-hmm. like they've very much diversified like who the gym leader cast is and who the trainers you meet are. Um and so, you know, in Sword and Shield there's like a mom and a son who are gym leaders and she's just sort of like a middle-aged mom, you know, who, like loves her yeah. kid. Um it's and fun. there's, you know, um there's like plenty of uh gym leaders over the course of the series that are like very very old who are sort of young who are uh, of all different like shapes sizes backgrounds everything um and i love that and to me rhyme is like the best example of it in this particular generation because she's like she's basically like an older lady who is like a famous rapper like she's like a she's like a celebrity for things other than battling uh because she's like a famous recording artist (laughs) so it's fun. it's so cool. Like I I think that's really fun. Yeah. Have you? I I didn't do this, and but and I haven't revisited her gym, so I don't know if you saw the option. But when you can go up to her and she asks, like, "Do you want to do a rap battle or a gym battle?" I was like intimidated. I'm like, "No, I want to actually do a gym battle." But yeah, can too. you actually do some variation of a rap battle with her? Because I don't know how that would work. Oh man, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Um, I think it would be funny if they actually built like a mechanic into that that was like, "What is the rap battle?" Um, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't even try. I, I, I meant I to go it. back, but I didn't do it. I feel like she, it's going to be a thing where like, if you select it, she'd just be like, like, well, later let's do a gym battle first and then yeah. you never do it or something like they kind of r- railroad you into it. Um, yeah. but I don't know. I, I, I still want to try if you get that option when you go back in the post game. Yeah. I feel like I'm not seeing anything like immediately as I Google search that there is a rap battle version of because <laughs> people would be talking about that if you could I feel like they would yeah. be in a rap battle <laughs> yeah also IGN I'm looking at your like briefs like description of who she is calling her an older lady who loves to rap and rhyme is not doing her justice she is Ooh, I believe explicitly called a famous rapper right like yeah in the yeah. world of Pokemon I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah yeah, a renowned hip hop artist. Thank you, Bulbapedia, for giving her the respect she deserves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's probably my favorite aside from Larry. Those two together, I love. I know you love Kofu, the water one. I do, I do. I mean, obvious reasons, but also I just like I like a jolly old big man who likes to cook. Like that's right yeah. up my alley. And I mm-hmm. love his character animation, like the way that he's like always like 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 laughing like a full belly laugh whenever he's doing his thing or kind of like a dance yep. or whatever he's doing yeah uh, I, I love that stuff yeah i mean it the the i would the mission was fine for that the auction stuff is kind of weird um i but, was scared of the auction and it turned out to be like a not that much of a thing no yeah i think that's 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 the thing that sort of was weird about a lot of the gym tests is that they were really most of them were just really easy, like, which yeah, I guess is I okay, but they're kind of too easy. Like, considering that, you know, in past games, it would be like a puzzle combined with some trainers. Like, some gym battles didn't even involve trainers at all. Some of them, like, a couple of trainers and the actual test was like nothing. It's just like yeah. throwing in like a game of Simon says and like rolling a ball around, rolling up an o- giant olive around or whatever. Like, yeah. they're cute, but they feel kind of. 
it feels like that should have been, you know, mini games in other places, not to get into the gyms that are kind of important pieces to, 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 to your, you know, the, the story. So, yeah, I think, I think game freak is afraid to make things challenging, which is stupid because like I was a kid and I was getting lost in Sabrina's gym over and over and over and over until someone told me the trick, you know? And like, yeah. there was a gym in Sword and Shield that I can't wait till you get to that was like genuinely frustrating to me where you have to earn a certain number of points a certain way. Um, mm. And you have people working against you as you try to do it. Like it was genuinely challenging. And I, you know, I, I try to, when I think about this, when I think about whether Pokemon games are, uh, too hard or not i think about my niece who is 10 years old and plays video games and would this be something she would find easy or hard and i think she would find every single one of these tasks very easy yeah um, and, and that's a little yeah, silly I, to me i think she can handle I, a much harder task than what they offered i, I agree because yeah because you know, a lot of the puzzles used in older games were harder and the thing is it's easier to look up how to solve them nowadays like they were harder you know, back in the day and it was a lot harder to just Google, how do you beat this gym? You know, yeah, like, exactly. like uh, now it's so easy to just like watch a YouTube video or read a wiki page. So like, why not make it challenging? And mm-hmm. people are going to, I mean, there's a different, you know, you don't want to make it impossible, but like if it's a, meant to be a puzzle or something like that, a thing to be solved, if someone gets fed up enough, yeah, they'll just look up the answer. Like that's what right. I did with the, the math midterm at the Academy for this game. Like it's fine. Yeah. You exactly. just do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like they, they missed an opportunity to like, inform the characters with their tasks. Most of the time, yeah. you know, like gym leaders, infrequently there there's one game in particular i can think of that really gives the gym leaders a story um most of the time they don't get much of a story outside of when you are interacting with them actively so if you're Mm -hmm. going to have a game that has these tasks like use it as an opportunity to tell us more about these characters it's kind of your one shot absolutely absolutely um because they end up being a little they end up being unfortunately a little more forgettable than they should be. I think just because of the lack of screen yeah. time and lack of any information about them. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I think the reason, one of the reasons that rhyme is so cool is that like her, everything about her, um, everything about her gym is like very centered on her and she's kind of always around it. And there's just these really like what a DJ grave. Is that what is, what is what, what his <laughs> yeah, name is? Right. DJ G or rave. DJ rave. <laughs> DJ G rave. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Like there's like specific imagery and like you, you know, ex- like what she is as a, as a mm-hmm. famous rapper, like that, that is so specific and everything. And you get to see her perform for a while, like before you even fight her, like all of that stuff is really cool. Most of the, other gym leaders don't really have that and there definitely were opportunities to um like the um i'm forgetting her name the electric one was it at i iono was that her name yep yeah which she was like i remember pop like pretty uh like in the marketing i feel like she was pushed in the marketing she was for sure she's one of the few people talking about about like yeah, like, wow, they're going to have an, an influencer in a Pokemon game and either, you know, reacting to it, that it's either really cringy or like it's kind of cool or whatever. And at the end of the day, like she was really underwhelming. Like I yeah. was kind of she was fine, but I was really disappointed that they didn't have more fun with her because making her like an influencer. There's so many interesting weird things they could have done with it like i even think about like in the insomniac spider-man game like how they played with screwball as sort of oh yeah doing like youtube influencer type things like yeah. there could have been that in in her game but instead it's like 
let's look for Professor Clavel in a city. Like, I don't understand. Like, what does that have yeah, to do with anything? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, too, because, like, I mean, this this is sort of beyond the, the specific characters and, and, and whatnot. But, like, one thing that was weird about this game is you can't go into almost any buildings. It's very yeah, unlike very most weird. Pokemon games. And I feel very like Iono would be the perfect character to benefit from that because if you got the chance to go into the building where she streams, where she produces yeah. her show, you could do something really cool with that because she you know you it's it's sort of tired or played out but like this idea that like influencers have a whole world behind what you actually see that could have been perfect for her character right i also thought right. that iono and this wasn't i'm not the only one who thought this i thought iono was actually going to turn out to be penny because there are some similarities in their character designs and they are kind of mm-hmm. polar opposites of each other i mm-hmm. thought that was going to be penny's story was that oh she's this shy girl but actually she's also this famous streamer um, and that's kind of where she finds her confidence or whatever. So I was expecting Iono to be one of the more um, important gym leaders or important characters in the story. And, and I agree with you. Like she really was underwhelming. Yeah. Um, most of, most of the other ones were kind of, I don't really I don't have any thoughts about them either yeah. way. I, I do think it's fun to note that uh, again, I'm blanking on her name with the psychic gym leader. That's like the Tulip. beautician. Tulip, of course. Yeah, because that's the question that I missed when I took the Elite Four exam because I was like, I, I fought Tulip. <laughs> She's grass type, right? Because her name is Tulip. Wait, no. Duh, I literally fought her. I, I like the implication that she and uh, Dendra are like definitely a couple. <laughs> oh, I'm into that. This game and these characters are all so gay. So gay. And I'm very like here for it. the gayest Pokemon game I've ever seen. It's so good. It's very gay. <laughs> it's very like gender screwy. Like, yeah. there are so many characters that just feel like they either are non-binary or agender or trans or what like there is just so yeah. much like it's full gender spectrum you know what i mean like it's very yeah. it's a very cool uh game for character design um and gender euphoria <laughs> yeah or even even like you know among the three characters the main characters that we're talking about like nimona is kind of a typical like masculine story and she's a girl mm-hmm. like you know the that's a very that's a very uh, usually you have a, a like a, a a masculine character a male yeah, character. an ash or a tie or a goku yeah yeah, and, and and then conversely, like Arvin having a very like emotional, like loves cooking, like just uh you know, mm-hmm. like just person with a with just like a person with a big heart kind of story. Um, like he has a lot. There's a lot to Arvin that's like it has a, a, a lot of uh, feminine qualities, traditionally feminine qualities, I should say. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he isn't a girl, I think, is really nice. Like I kind of yeah. love that that sort of yeah. stuff there. Let's talk about Arvin. I think Arvin's an interesting yeah. character. I uh, Arvin is sort of the main character in the Path of Legends um, ch- uh, chapter, path, whatever, yeah. uh, which is the Titan stuff. He's also a big part of the last piece, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and Arvin is a character I really thought I was not going to like. I think we are primed to not like him. Yeah, he seems really annoying and grating at yeah. first, and I think on yeah. purpose. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be a return to a dislikable rival because, like, yeah. we started with rivals that you're supposed to hate. You, you with the Gary type character, mm-hmm. Gold and Silver had just like a straight up delinquent criminal as your rival, like rival, um, <laughs> and then they kind of got more sort of like the the classic rival archetype of like we're actually friends but like we're you know steel sharpened steel or whatever um i thought arvin was going to be a return to form of like oh you just suck i don't like you uh but it really twists (laughs) after you complete a couple titan stories yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's good. I mean, and it's like a, it's a nice slow burn too. I, I think it's helped that I don't think you realize how integral he is to the end game of I did uh, of this game for a very long time. You know, I mean, how at what point do they actually explicitly establish that the professor is his parent? Because I don't. I feel like it's really pretty. Like I feel like you could well, guess it, but I feel like it's pretty late that they really firmly say that, right? Well, I think I, I I'm not sure. I I feel like it was kind of early, but it was very briefly mentioned. One thing that is strange about these games is that the professors are almost absent from the game, which it makes sense when you get to the yeah. end. But most Pokemon games, like you meet the professor first, and they are yeah. a constant presence in like telling you, you know, not to ride your bike there, or you can do this yeah. here, or like let me check on your Pokedex. Like I guess because there's an entire faculty. Um, right. You know, you have Clavel who takes sort of a, a professorial role. You have Jacques who takes sort of a professorial role. Um, and, and the actual sort of classic professors or the official professors um, are these mysterious characters who are Arvin's parent. Um, yeah. And you never really see them. And you only kind of have an idea that there's something going on there. But um, yeah, but primarily he's just talking about it's just a boy and his dog, you know. Right, right. Which, yeah, I mean, that really took me by surprise. At first when, yeah. you know, because it's it's a little while before they reveal what his actual Pokemon is. And there was a point when I'm like, are they going to introduce like the alternate legendary? Because he had the Mirrodon ball in my yeah. game. And then, you know, the, right. the, the uh, Cor- Coriodon, is that what the other one's name yep. called? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he, he had the legendary ball. So I was thinking he would have the other legendary or something like that, potentially. Oh, that taken care of. I think that's the only time that they tell you uh he's their kid i think he's i think he says he got it from his parent or something i think it's like a really quick thing went over my head because it was a surprise to me later when it's like wait that's his dad i mean i could be wrong i could be wrong i don't know (laughs) i i don't i don't think you are i think i just kind of missed it because there's a lot going on in the early parts of the game to keep up with so yeah but but yeah i mean yeah it really does it's just a boy and his dog story and I got to be really emotionally invested the longer it went on. And especially because I do think that they do a really nice job. The fact that um, his Pokemon, oh my God, Mabostiff. Mabostiff. <laughs> which is su- it's such a, you know, he's such a beautifully designed Pokemon with those like sad eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, those sad old man eyes. Uh, <laughs> like, and like, I, I think they do a good job of, of, you know, it's so incremental, like the ways that he's healing that you can sort of be like, it's not like he's immediately like jumping up now that he has energy. It's just sort of like, oh, he can make like a quiet little bark now. So clearly he's getting mm-hmm. better. And it's always that question of like, <laughs> is he getting better though? Or are I we was, just kind Derek, of reading into this? I was genuinely it, worried that dog yeah, was going to die. Me too. And when the screen in the last Titans quest at the end of it, when the screen goes black, I fully 100% bought that they were going there and that it was going to be a sad story and he died. Fully 100% bought. But, and, and, you know, yeah, like after, after it's sort of like, oh yeah, he's fine. It was sort of like, well, duh, they weren't going to do that. But I'm also like, but, but they could, they might have though, because this game takes some pretty, some pretty surprising narrative like leaps right. sometimes. And here's so. the thing, Derek, the anime has gone there before. So it is not unheard of for Pokemon to, tell stories 
of Pokemon death. Like it is not unprecedented. Um, yeah. It just hasn't really happened much in a game. It's usually like uh, uh, a trainer that you, you battle just randomly who mentions one of their Pokemon died or something. So like mm-hmm. we know that it happens, but we've never had a character in a Pokemon game that is meant to be one of our, our main characters sort of like grapple with the possibility. <laughs> like it's yeah. really wild. It is, and for such a long time, like oh my, you gosh. know, if you don't if you don't rush through all those Titan quests, like you're spending a long time mm-hmm. watching this dog very slowly <laughs> heal potentially, and not even really being sure if yeah. any of it's working. Yeah, it's yeah. rough. I really I, wasn't I, sure. I really wasn't. Yeah, I was really shocked at how much I got invested in that over time. Like I was really, I was crying at the last one when it's like oh. finally, it's so cathartic when he's when he's back and yeah. it's like oh, thank like I yeah oh my god I was so scared that if they were going to do it, but I was yeah, also mad that I had to f- battle that dog. I was like, I get that you're like pumped and you're excited. I was like, but I don't want to fight your dog. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> we just brought that thing back to life. <laughs> right, right. It's so funny. I do love too that like you see Arvin building his Pokemon team over the course of the I quest love too. that. It's I so fun. That. Like, cause I didn't even think, of, I didn't even think about the possibility of battling him at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even really thinking that deeply into the Pokemon he chose, which I think. I didn't. I didn't make this. Uh, I. I. I didn't make this insight, but I, I saw someone point out that like all of the Pokemon he has are like food themes somehow. Oh, um, out, outside of um, Bostiff, like every other Pokemon inside, it's like a Toad Scroll is like a fun. Is like a mushroom. Um, yeah. Uh, Greedent obviously like loves to eat stuff. That's his whole deal. Um, yeah. He has the. He has the Pepper Holy Pokemon f- too, doesn't he? Yeah. It's. Um, it's all. It's yeah. All, I didn't even connect that holy crap i think it's all food pokemon yeah nice and not even like Mm -hmm. literal ones it's not like he just has the ones that are like you're a blob of whipped cream and you are a teacup like it's much subtler than that which is really cool yeah yeah oh that's awesome (laughs) now i'm going back and like looking at his team because that's really clever yeah i don't remember who else was on it oh he has he must uh he must have a cloister at one point or he has a shelter yeah he has a cloister oh, he sense. has uh garganockle or however you say that which is the salt pokemon oh um, yeah 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 that's really clever oh my gosh wow very cool <laughs> i love it oh very i love that cool. too yeah and it's nice. subtle for you know for a game that's not super subtle about how much it loves food like i love that that part is very subtle <laughs> very yeah clever. yeah for yeah. sure oh nice job yeah, I, I, I like Arvin a lot more than I thought I would. There's not much story in the way of the Titans themselves. Um, they don't really sure. get to be characters as much as I would have hoped. I think Arceus does a better job of making the Pokemon bosses characters. Uh, part of that's probably because they're all teamed up with their own sort of like uh, keepers or whatever they were called, guardians mm-hmm. or something. Um, but I enjoyed them fine. I think I wish that each Titan actually was a sort of more special pokemon because they all end up being pokemon you can kind of run into except for one um well i do i don't know i kind of like that that you don't really realize that it's going to tie into anything later like i like the i I like that you're just kind of at least for me i was just kind of taken off guard of like why does this one pokemon 
have a completely like random name that doesn't sound like a Pokemon oh, name yeah. and looks different. No, that's and the one I weird, like. But has no explanation. Right. But I kind of like that that's the only one because it's sort of mm. it, it ends up kind of obscuring that it's a mystery. Like it, it ends up sure. obscuring the mystery because you don't I feel like if every single Pokemon was a paradox Pokemon, for example, if every single yeah. one was a Pokemon that you eventually find in Area Zero at the end of the game, sure. I think you would be very much like looking at every detail because it's like, okay, yeah. clearly this means something deeper. But because there's only one random one there and and then the you know Arvin's actual story alongside of it seems to have yeah. nothing to do really with anything else other than throwing out a little bits of lore about you know about the area zero from the book that he has mm-hmm. um i don't th- i think it sort of like keeps you from digging too much into that and overthinking it so that it makes it even more of like a nice surprise when it's like oh that's where that pe- pokemon came from it came yeah. from a different time just like these other ones do that's like i, I kind of appreciate that yeah yeah i think if nothing else i would have liked them to incorporate they, they they, they kind of give a little bit of this, but I wish that they had incorporated the Titans inconvenience more into the actual communities that they were near to. Yeah. So like well, Bombardier, yeah. they say it's like, oh, it's causing problems, but like no one's around. So like, who cares? You know, I think um, that's it. So. And I think, yeah, I think that if this game wasn't open world, I think the Titans would have been a perfect opportunity to like help with the linearity of a story in, you know, in a, in a way that like feels like very elegantly, uh, um, you know, interwoven with the narrative. Like sure, if it was sort a of thing, progressive bosses that yeah. open up a new piece of right. where you can go or whatever. Your old, your old school Snorlax is, is, you know, is yeah. sitting in the middle of the road and you can't pass. I think if the Titans were sort of serving that role, it would have, it would have worked because, because they also kind of play into the, you know, the bigger, bigger story and everything like that. I kind of would like that, but because this game is whole, the whole deal is that it's open world and go anywhere. Like they can't really impede anything. Yeah. Except they still kind of do. Cause you can't go certain places until, you upgrade your legendary motorcycle so like i don't yeah. know it, it it feels like they even so i guess even though if it was open world they still could have found some way to be like you can't get to this gym until you yes. defeat this titan but i feel like they really were going a little bit too hard on the open worldness to let that happen and i think they should have i think it would have been better if they did I I agree. I think they could have. I, I'm fine with the idea that you can go anywhere, but you might be punished for going to the wrong spot. But I do think they could have sure. done a better job of creating gates. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually yeah, I think, think so. the I think the Starfall Street actually for me is what I got that impression from. I'm like I feel like these oh, things yeah. feel arbitrary on the map when these team star compounds really should be gates to other parts of the map that that's what i thought they should have been that's what i predicted they would have been um and they really weren't so i mean yeah that well yeah if we want to get into starfall because that's one one thing that i feel like the, the great segue with the open world thing is that i do think that narratively i think starfall would have been even i i like the general story of starfall we'll talk about that but i think it would have yeah. been better played out if that one was did have a more linear progression to it that you kind of had to follow for it because i do think the thing that i like so much about starfall is that i feel like there's this sort of misdirect that you gradually learn more and more about yes. until yes. it fully unveils and i think it needed to be that's a thing that really needs to be in a very direct order that that is, I think, kind of hurt by the open world of it all, in my opinion. Yes, I agree. Starfall is my favorite 
narrative piece of this game because it feels very different and it had kind of a twist and a surprise arvin gives me obviously the most sort of like emotional punch but i felt very much like i was relating to and and sympathizing with and commiserating with team star in a way that i wasn't expecting to and i was doing it earlier than i think the game uh, made it obvious I was supposed to because basically sure. the idea with Team Star is that they are like delinquent students, right? And they're not going to class, and they are seen as these troublemakers. Um, but I, after the very first Team Star like uh, encounter, like boss encounter, I had, I don't, I think I might have texted you or talked to you, or maybe it was Kyle. I don't remember who it was, but I remember saying like. I feel like they should just leave these kids alone. Like, I don't know that yeah. they're required to go to school. It, it doesn't seem like a school that has like an age restriction or like strict rules to it. So like, just leave it right. alone. Like they're not bothering yeah. anybody. And I'm glad that actually is where the story goes. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Cause I remember you, yeah, you, you were talking to me about it. I remember you told me like, it feels like they were trying to make you a cop basically by just like, yes. or like a truancy officer. And that doesn't kids. really change. Even after you're yeah. supposed to sympathize with them, you're still a cop. <laughs> right. But at the very least, I think it, I think the game is supposed to, it is, is siding a lot more with them than I expected. And Absolutely. the whole, and the point is that like, oh, me, you know, you shouldn't just go out and just try to like defeat them and view them as enemies because you should like empathize with them and learn more about them you know Mm -hmm. so maybe you you going out there as a 10 year old cop to to (laughs) defeat these delinquent students actually wasn't a good idea and and you know i think that there's a lot of i think there's something really powerful at having an authority figure with clavel who i always called clavel but clavel is such a better way to pronounce it so thank you for that um oh what were you saying i was saying clavel oh gotcha (laughs) gotcha an ugly way to say it (laughs) clavel Um, you know what i don't like him so i'm okay with it's being clavel I don't mind. Him. You don't like him? I thought he was I fine. I don't know. I, maybe but that's what I what it. I like about him is is the I I think that there's something really powerful about seeing an authority figure who took a really firm stance on something realize, oh my god, I actually was wrong, and okay, only realize that, and only realize that because he recognized he needed to like actually be there and learn more about it because that that feels like very true to life of like going to school and like the kid finally fights back against their bully and all the authority figures see is somebody fighting against another kid and they view the kid as a bully because they're not actually invested in these kids lives at all they're just trying to like do blanket discipline stuff you know yeah yes i think okay yes 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 i think he is a good character i think his story is good i just think he annoys me a lot of the time i thought the clive i mean thing the disguise so stuff is stupid the, the clive stuff is, a, is <laughs> dumb. like stop i think it would have been a, i was, it was a, i'm so happy to play along when it comes to like dialogue and all that sort of stuff when it comes to pokemon games i'm never trying to be like a little punk or anything but i yeah. refuse to call him clive every time just because i was like you're annoying me i'm gonna annoy you back <laughs> I think if it had happened like once or twice and they did the, you know, <laughs> how, how do you do fellow kids type of thing? Right. Like as a, as an off joke, I think it would have been good. I think the problem is that they keep it going throughout the entire yeah. Starfall thing. Yeah. And it's just like, you just kind of ran this into the ground, man. Right. And then it even gets a call back in the final battle with them. And it's just like, <sighs> okay, fine. Yep. It's not that the funny. The horse is dead. <laughs> you know, let, let it go. But I do, I think this, I'm glad we're doing an episode like this because I do think it is an important distinction. Like, even if his personality is not for me, his story is really good in relation to what they are telling with Team Star and like his journey and the arc he gets to go on because most characters get to go on an arc. 
Um, especially the characters that are in a new format, right? The gym leaders mostly don't go on an arc, but we've had gym leaders for nine generations now. The the Team Star bosses, I mean, we don't see a ton of them, but we get like flashbacks for them. So we actually get like more characterization for them than I would have thought. It's not as much as I would have liked, but it is more than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, definitely way more than any gym leader. Yeah, I really like them. They're uh, Giacomo, who's the dark guy, Mela, who's the fire lady, Atticus, who is like the mysterious poison person, Ortega, who is the fairy trainer, and Aerie, who is the awesome like wrestler, uh, like trainer. Airy so much what a cool <laughs> cool character design and right? the fact that she's like a fighter but like is like the most caring out of all of them i like love has the that. biggest heart it's so good yeah. i love i absolute favorite out of that whole group and if and if airy is the reason they have that buff lady model in the game then even more reason to love oh, her because thank you i'm Bow so down. glad they added that <laughs> i've said it so many times uh and and i love that airy also seems to be very clearly a reference to like Asian professional wrestling, like very specifically Japanese professional wrestling, like the spectacle of it all and the caricature of it all. You know, mm-hmm. I think she's so cool. She reminds, I, I don't know enough about professional wrestling, but she reminds me of a very specific wrestler. I always see from people who watch professional wrestling. Like she looks like she is based on, um, you know, these, these, uh, these like big personalities. Um, and I just love that. Um, and I love that she just wants to protect her people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I also feel a kinship with Ortega. The reason I'm team Ortega is because he's a fairy trainer and he's like just this little pretty boy. And I, I f- love that in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Atticus is fun because he speaks in like Shakespearean oh my <laughs> like vowels and stuff, which is like, Nerd. it's a, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little bit annoying, but it's also like, I think it's a great, it, I think it works because all of all of the Team Star characters are ones where it's sort of like, oh, they're so flashy in like an anime way. But then when you think about it, like any of those people go to school, they of course they're going to get bullied. Yes. They are the biggest freaks and nerds yes. in the world. Right. Like, they're the outcasts, <laughs> right? They are the freaks and the geeks. Like it's it's it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really smart. Yeah. I, it's it's funny. The two that I met first, Giacomo and Mela, were actually the ones that I kind of feel the least uh four i i really liked the yeah. last three that i did the most the atticus ortega yeah. and airy and I, I think that does sort of work because then you're you're warming up to them gradually because the first couple yeah. of them they do seem like oh i mean depending on the order you do it in those two totally those first two do feel the most like they'd come from you know your your team rocket archetype thing exactly um and then the rest of them are sort of like but you're not bad you're actually like you have Mm -hmm. a lot of love in your heart actually or or you're just a little weird and quirky like um and i think that does if you go in that order it does help with you know the actual um unraveling of of learning more about them and and realizing that they're not actually bad guys at all yeah for sure is mela supposed to walk that way or is that a glitch because of her pants i have no idea i tell. It's bad the way that she walks, but it's also kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know, but I do like the Starfall Street stuff. Uh, the Starfall yeah. Street stuff is also, uh, there's this Cassiopeia uh, situation. Who did you think Cassiopeia was? Oh, I knew that it was Penny very early on. Oh, okay. I figured gotcha. because there's so few characters that it could be. I mean, like, because it would, like, it would either have to be a completely random character or it'd be like, one of the faculty members because they knew it wasn't going to be Arvin or Nimona and there's like nobody else that it could be. 
So there, there was a point when I was like, I guess it could be a faculty member, but then it's sort of like you have Penny working with Cassiopeia and not doing anything else, but like they made a big deal about making sure she was introduced early in the game. Yeah. So it's sort of like, well, who else could it be other than her? Well, you know, see, here's, here was my journey, Derek, because I was still convinced that Penny and Iono could be the same person. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So I, I was on that train and then they also, this would not have been satisfying for you. So I wasn't necessarily rooting for this generally, but for me, I was rooting for this at one point. They refer to having sent, um, the student who was Cassiopeia, right, to uh, Galler. And I was like, holy shit, if they bring somebody back from Galler that we met in the last generation, that would be one of the coolest things Pokemon's ever done. Um, I would still think that was really cool because I would figure that, you know, I would probably look it up and then find that out. Yeah, for sure. I, would, for I sure. think that would be a really cool move. Um, I just, I was I was hoping so bad. And when I when I tell you, I was so mad when they quote revealed it to be Clive, I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Oh, so I was okay. so glad it wasn't that I was ready yeah. to rant so hard. I, like, I, I feel like it was a thing where it's sort of like, this isn't real. Right. And like, I bought it because they were telling it, telling me that it was, the I truth, bought it because it's but Pokemon. I wasn't <laughs> right. But it also was sort of like, as I was fighting him, I was just like trying to go through it in my head. And I was like, None of this makes any sense. Right. And I think they do kind of play up with the sort of like, but you were talking on the phone. It's like, uh, it was, uh, voice recordings. And it's like, yeah, okay. It, it is just like part of his bad disguise, but I kind of, I kind of wish they try, if they were going to go with the whole, like, he's really bad at disguises and thinks he's good at it. I kind of wish they'd went even harder with like, I was the big boss all along. And it like be very, very obvious to you yeah. in game as the character that he's lying, but have to fight I anyway. Agree. I think that would be better than trying to like pull the wool over us, you know, and make it a yeah. twist or whatever. Yeah. Because then I just ended up so mad, so mad yeah. because I believed it yeah. was something Pokemon would do, you know? Um, and I'm glad they're better than that. I'm very yeah. glad they're better than that. Uh, although they, yeah, like you said, it could have been even better. And I liked the fight with him. Um, I, I kind of like him and then Penny is sort of back to back battles. I think they were both pretty yeah. good battles. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, the last sort of big chunk of story is the, I think it's, I think the chapter is technically called coming home. Maybe, um, the area so. zero stuff, um, the sort of final, stretch of the narrative this is where you actually find out what area zero is they've been referencing it over and over and over and i kind of i kind of figured that it was going to be an area with some sort of weird pokemon happening in it because i noticed there were sure. big chunks seemingly missing from my pokedex and i was like something is off something is weird here where when i go there it's going to be strange um but it's a lot stranger than i expected uh, I it's a very so cool much. area and it does things a little bit differently than you have been doing them because you, Penny, Arvin, and Nimona all go in there together the first time you do. And you travel through it together uh, the first time you do. And you kind of have these yeah. little encounters along the way that reveal bits and pieces of the story you are about to engage with. It's so cool because I think that – like I. And when I first, when it first started, you know, when you first get there, it's like, this is so cool. The music is amazing. The music in this whole game is amazing for one, oh my God. but the music, the music in area zero specifically so is good. so 
cool and so good and so distinct from you know what what you'd heard up until that point um and so when i first got there i'm like this is really cool and then i immediately started to feel frustrated because you can't ride your your motorcycle dragon Um, (laughs) the map does not work and i realized like oh my god i did not realize how reliant i have been on my map the entire game until you take it away from me and then can we at least have it back now that we've finished please right right i mean once once you're going through it, that it is a lot more linear, I think, than it looks when you're like you literally just keep going Still. downhill to get to each research station. But when you're first there, it's very intimidating. But what I like about it in retrospect, and as I played it more, it, I do think that like stripping away the things that you were reliant yeah. on for most of the game makes it feel a lot, makes the stakes feel a lot more high, a lot higher, makes it really feel like oh, this really is like a true expedition into the unknown. Yeah. You're going in there with your powerful friends, like without you know without your the the the, the tethers that and and the sort of uh safety net crutches, you've been used you know? to yeah the crutches yeah yeah and i think it makes it, it makes it immediately feel harder even while you know the pokemon aren't like that much higher level than the ones you just right. been fighting um right. I, I i think i think that was a very smart thing to do and yeah i mean that the, the progression of all that bit it's, it's so tense and and mm-hmm. you know not having genuinely no idea what to expect as it goes along it's 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 yeah. really well done it's great it's great well let's i mean let's talk about arvin and his parents oh boy let's th- this is yet another time travel related pokemon story um mm-hmm. this is really something they're into right because arceus kicks off with a weird time travel situation yeah and like in if you in Brilliant Diamond, the remake was in yep. this generation, and that deals with time in, in <laughs> yep. that one. Yep, this, yeah. they're in their time travel era. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I wasn't expecting, I mean, I knew at this point, I knew Arvin, one of you know the professor, whichever one you have, is Arvin's parent. I knew that much. Um, mm-hmm. I knew there was some sort of weird time travel thing. I think when you get yeah. to Area Zero, they kind of allude to it, or somebody. Maybe it's Arvin himself tells you what his parent was exper- like experimenting yeah. with, but I could not have expected, nor would I ever have guessed Pokemon would like kill off the professor before yeah. you even meet them. I yeah, because I you know obviously they start dropping hints you know very quickly that there's something off with the professor, and I think that my assumption. You know, as I realized, like, there's going to be something where it's not the professor. I was thinking that it was going to be, like, a Pokemon from the future or, you know, in your case, the past. Um, That was, like, that was impersonating him. It was going to be, like, whatever the big bad, like, evil legendary or something from another time was impersonating the professor who was, like, kidnapped in the past or future or something like that. and And you would rescue them or something. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be the professor was killed previously and this is an ai duplicate that had their mind uploaded that's like carrying out the final mission like in their place but also like can't fully control all of their programs so you have to fight that professor and they (laughs) know it right like they warn you it's gonna happen which is why i say there's not really a villain to this game yeah yeah it's like it ends up being sad programming yeah it's and here okay can i do a sidebar about this too of course real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah i was playing violet which i th- i feel like i've made clear at this point yes i was playing violet i chose to play violet because i i like sci-fi more than i like fantasy so i'm like i'm gonna go for the future aesthetic more because i just dig that kind of stuff more and so you know when you get this whole bit with a time machine and the professor being an ai i'm playing it and i'm like this is 
great because it totally fits into the theme of future. Those are like futuristic science fiction stories rife with like AIs gone bad and robots and stuff. Oh, yeah. And Classic. you hear the ro- you, you know, like a lot of the area zero music feels very electronica. You have your robotic professor with glowing eyes and everything. Like it felt so right. Like it feels like it fits so perfectly into everything they've been building that even though like in a Pokemon game, a freaking dead professor and AI replacement is kind of out of left field. It feels so right. And it feels perfectly set up. And I'm thinking like, God, how different must Scarlet be from this? Because if this is all embedded in the future stuff and Scarlet is a pat is a past theme thing, then like, how are they doing their equivalent to a professor AI, but the past version of it. And I'm thinking like, is professor Sada, like, isn't a mysticism thing or like, you know, maybe she went into the past and like this, there's, it, it's like a, a witch possessed her or something like that. Yeah. Or, or some, some strange kind of like, like mystical construct or like, right. or even like a, sh- like, um, I don't know how to put this other than like a shadow left behind or something when she yeah, went backwards or, even, or something. Yeah. Something or, magical. You know, she, something magical. Or even if she's just communicating you f- with you from the past, I don't know. There's a million things that it could be that would sort of correlate with like mysticism and fantasy and ancient right. stuff. Yes. Um, and so can I, let me tell you how freaking, appalled i was when i looked it up because i couldn't wait i was so excited to be like how are they doing this it must be so radically different oh no she's an ai yeah. too that yeah, makes it's, no freaking sense it's honestly a bummer because like i will say when i was when i was learning what was happening because i played scarlet when i was learning what was happening and i was learning it was an ai and all this sort of stuff and that she went back in time there was something i couldn't quite put my finger on i mean i was enjoying it because it is wild i mean it is wild and it hits emotional beats where it needs to for something that isn't necessarily you know super duper grand in its storytelling like it still hits the right beats but there was something i couldn't quite put my finger on that felt kind of uh, dissonant you know what I mean and and when you told me that that was what you expected that fell into place for me I was like yes yeah that's what feels weird about it like I'm going through area zero and I'm running into all these primitive Pokemon these Pokemon that are meant to look more fantastical and beastly than the Pokemon we typically encounter do like in a very obvious way they are meant to look prehistoric and so yeah using time travel to go backwards and have an AI um, and have that be the exact same thing that happens with the future themed game. Like that is what I didn't know how to put words to what felt sort of off. So yeah. it, it really does feel like a missed opportunity um, for them because the games aren't that different. You know what I mean? Like right. sword and shield are more different. To be. Yeah. Sword and shield are more different along the way than these games are. So these games should have had a very different ending than each other because everything yeah. else was kind of the same. And yeah, it's, 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 it's so baffling to me. Like it almost makes me feel bad for people who played Scarlet. Cause I'm like, I feel like, well, I think you got a better game. I think you got a better yeah. story. I think it makes a lot yeah. more sense. It just feels kind of random in, and, and also, yeah. also I could be misremembering, but I swear, I swear when I, in my game, Turo, the Turo AI, like specifically says like AI is advanced as I am does not exist in your time. This is AI from the technology from the future. So how does that work? In the shot, or is he? Maybe he was just referring to the Terra crystals or something used to create the AI. Maybe is that what it is? But I we'll felt see. like it would make sense. You pulled AI technology right. from the future to build this right. futuristic robot, and yet there's no AI in in the Pokemon world at all. So how does this professor who's obsessed with the past and ancient history have suddenly have the technology to build an AI? I don't understand. 
It is weird. It would make a lot more sense. I mean, I guess their argument is just like she is a professor and she has the ability to travel through time. And so she has technology from the future that she uses to go into the past. But then that doesn't create a parallel story, right? So what she should be using is a form of ancient magic that has been lost. That's what Sada should be doing. Sada should have figured out how to create a duplicate of herself or a a shadow of herself or uh, the equivalent of a fantastical version of AI of herself in scarlet and all of the stuff that leads up to it should feel like it is ancient or mystical or fantastical as opposed to feeling futuristic and sleek and whatever you know like because i guarantee you our area zeros look the same and they shouldn't you know like they they should look different they should feel different and uh, i really wish they had done that that's that that has become one of the things and i have a, a whole long list of things i wish this game had done i wish they had had more time to develop and flesh out and all this sort of stuff but that right there the fact that scarlet and violet do not end differently and scarlet doesn't get the opportunity to lean into its theme the way that uh violet does mm-hmm. um that is probably the number one thing i wish they had done differently i think it would have made such a massive difference for those of us who played scarlet because i had a lot of fun um but the theme doesn't make as much sense and i i I like i still like the design like i like i I do like koridon better i like the fact that it is this sort of beastly sort of Mm -hmm. ancient feeling thing so i like the theme that i am playing i just didn't get as much of it because of the way the story goes yeah, it's it also it, it like clarifies like I remember when I first like we finished we weirdly finished the game at the exact same time like I think the credits were rolling when we texted our Pokemon group chat was like I just finished it and you were like I was just gonna say the credits are rolling so yeah. weird like synchronicity that we had we did it at like the, the exact game, same time <laughs> like the exact same time but I remember because I was just like oh my god that was the coolest thing in the world I love it so much and you were just like oh yeah it's great I'm glad you liked it and it kind of clarifies it a little bit for me that it's like yeah. oh maybe I was way higher on the ending than you were and I see why. Because yeah. everything clicked for me, yep. and it clearly didn't for you, and no. I get why it, it yeah. really sucks. I mean, and like it, I enjoyed the twists and turns, yeah. but like getting to the twists and turns, and then when you start thinking about the twists and turns, it's sort of like, oh, okay, that does just kind of feel like a weird Pokemon thing they did because Pokemon has yeah. done just weird before you know like sure it's not it it, it didn't sure it surprised me that it was an ai it surprised me that the professor was dead but it surprised me because pokemon hadn't done it before not because pokemon doesn't do weird you know yeah yeah the more i talk the more we talk about it the more i wonder if it really was a different ending in the scripting stage and it was just another cost of the crunch that they had that everybody is very fully aware that they had to rush to get this game yep. done and then it was sort of like you know what we should streamline this make the games a lot closer there are probably like i wouldn't be surprised if there are things that were going to be di- more differentiated along the way that like they chose to just put the scarlet version into violet and vice versa and this might be something where it was like the violet uh stuff was just they had already started work on that part of it and they just like decided to just put that right into scarlet because it was quicker to make them closer and more similar because um, yeah. it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't differentiate that more. yeah it's really strange and it really just thematically is bizarre it's still fun i still had a blast like i yeah, still yeah. i still the two of them together the story of scarlet and violet as a pair i still really really like it just could have been yeah. So much. But I mean, that's the story of this game, right? This game could have been incredible God. and it is just fun. It is just a fun yeah. game as opposed to being an incredible game. And unfortunately, that ends up bleeding into the end of the story, too, which is, I think, some of the strongest pieces of the game is yeah. just the story and how fun it is. I-, I think that the story is pretty incredible. It's just but it's marred by 
everything around it, the way that you have to play it and the pace at which you have to play it. And, you know, and the, uh, the, the it's been beaten to death with a hammer, but the performance issues that you run into yeah. on the way to getting <laughs> if you're wondering there. wondering why you we know. haven't talked about it, it's because you all know already. You all know. Yeah. Oh no, this game is buggy. Did you know that? What? Like it looks kind of, it looks like crap sometimes. Could you tell? Like, huh? Uh, this, it was just rushed out. Did you know that? Yeah. Weird. I was the other thing that I really did like about the finale. Yeah. Uh, and the end game for it. Um, I love that you're legendary. The big the legendary, it's on the cover. You're Coridon or your Mirrodon, like kind of get their own character arc too, which I yeah. love. Like I really appreciate that narratively the last couple Pokemon games have just really gone full bore into just being more Digimon narratively. And I think <laughs> Yes, talk it, about it. <laughs> yeah, in that, in that, and I think because I, I feel like for a long time it was pretty accepted by people who liked both, you know, both properties that like yeah. Digimon tends to just have better narratives in their anime and, and, and stories and stuff like that. Pokemon just produces better games, right? Like, I think um, even those of us who like Pokemon more frequently acknowledge like, yeah, Digimon tells yeah. way better stories. <laughs> right. And I do think that things are starting to bleed into each other a little more now where like Digimon has been producing good games in their own right. They're still very different from Pokemon, but oh, like yeah. they've sort of been able to find more of a niche in the types of games that they can do. They're still very Digimon and Pokemon. I think the last couple of games have like tried to find like bigger swings narratively. Um, you know, Arceus is like, like a God, like, making a child travel through time and stuff to <laughs> like to i guess save uh -huh. the world maybe and it's like kind of a dark story or whatever and it's kind of like a, this are they like a chosen child or something like that that's all yeah. very digimon and in this yeah. game you know the uh the idea of you basically like forming this like partnership and relationship with this one singular legendary pokemon that has its own tragic backstory like i think about digimon that i think i've always loved about pokemon is that i feel like digimon very frequently gives the digimon partners as much of an arc as the children do in a lot of cases and i don't think you really get that from pokemon most of the time and so you have this idea again a very digimon idea of like these two partners sort of growing and evolving alongside each other as you get stronger um you know your legendary motorcycle gets more and more <laughs> powers gets their own they eat herba mystica hm hms they get all the hm powers um Blew i love that when it's you sent that so cool so clever literally fly they get they, they fly they surf um they whatever you know yep. um but anyway you and your partner kind of grow on together and then you uh, just sort of like as much as like you and all these other characters are going through stuff like your legendary pokemon also has to sort of confront its past like mm -hmm. and have a rematch with like the other legendary that sort of like pushed it out and basically like gave it PTSD like yeah. fear of ever going back to where it came from and gives it an opportunity and like and it's again like Digimon which is very much like the power of the child imbuing the Digimon with strength like as the child grows as a person the Digimon also grows and it's like the power of human companionship and 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 how you can like and they win they win the day because of because of a Digimon having humanity backing it mm -hmm. when a Digimon are usually fighting other Digimon forces and in this case you have a legendary Pokemon that is 
is stronger than your legendary because you, a child, yes. is like has formed this great partnership and can terrestrialize it. Uh, <laughs> that's what makes it strong enough to like completely wipe the floor with it. And that's a very Digimon story. And I kind of love seeing that little arc of this of of your weird sentient motorcycle dragon like get <laughs> got to overcome its greatest trauma and like become like its best self again and like. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, I love, I wasn't expecting that. And I think it makes this final battle so cool because, you know, instead of it just being like another version of of a champion battle, like you have your sort of secondary champion battle with the AI where he just throws out a whole team of strong Pokemon and it's challenging and it's fun. It's a great battle. It's really well done. And it was genuinely challenging. It's the best battle I've had in years, like generations, because you have no idea what you're getting into. Right, you know what you're getting. It's half of the Pokemon that they use you've never seen before, and mm-hmm. the types are all kind of Gonzo combinations. They're sort of so, like yeah. like in Violet, it's like I guess they all must be Steel because they're all called Iron something. It looks like that's metal, so funny to me. They are not. not. The fact that they all are called Iron something is funny because in Scarlet they do not have like a consistent naming pattern like that's that. So funny, that is so <laughs> funny. Um, but but yeah but but yeah so that that's really challenging but then you get that and you sort of get your like tactical like pokemon finale mm-hmm. of just like being a good pokemon fighter but then you get this additional like emotional character based ending of yeah. like you know your pokemon can't fight uh, your legendary is the only one who can and it is only because of your like relationship with each other and like what you've both learned as partners together the emotionally and, and and everything that you can actually like win and it's not like like the battle is like preordained like you can't you you can't really win or lose you can't you can't choose to win or lose to it pretty much like mm-hmm. it, as soon as he's about to as soon as he's about to die you're going to terrestrialize him and he wins. Like, it's fine. Right. And I, but I like that because it's, it's all just the narrative finale to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I, and I think it's great too because, like, Pokemon games for a long time have had a habit of creating basically a god Pokemon that you have to fight and that is like the final climactic battle. This game not having that is so refreshing. <laughs> so refreshing to me. You don't have like this weird sort of just like geometry space shape, uh, that is like your final boss. It's way, way cooler there's way more of an emotional investment in what you're doing in that final battle and i think it just is such a good end to the story they've been telling and like you said the journey you've been going on with your with your legendary motorcycle (laughs) yeah it's great so good it's it's such a just i mean it's almost like like because we've been playing it so long and knew about it like it's it it i feel like it's kind of understated now but like just the idea that the cover, the legendary on the cover, you have the entire time mm-hmm. is so cool. Like that alone yeah. is so cool. I really, yeah. that was such an inventive, clever idea. And I think that really does a lot for making this game really stand out. Again, like I think even more than like the open world side of it, I think that one element like just adds so much like depth and like connection that you wouldn't expect to get from these games just from having that pokemon with you for the entire journey yeah i think the fact that they give you a partner that you are meant to be emotionally invested in from the beginning to the end makes a massive difference because you don't have to keep your starter pokemon you can box them immediately like you don't have to build a relationship with that pokemon um Mm -hmm. so no other game has really done what this game did where it was like no you can't put them away they are with you no matter what i think is is like you said it is way more distinct than the open world p 
piece of this game. I mean, the open world piece is the part they can't put back in the tube, but I think um, this story is the thing that really, like, really pushes uh, further along, I think, than, than most other facets of the game. Yep, I hope that you know if they keep anything from this game, which I I I I agree, the genie's out of the bottle now. They're not going to not do an open world game at this point, even though yep. they don't necessarily have to. I wish they just like kept like Legends games to be open world games and maybe let these games still be a little bit linear because that they clearly be are having preference. a hard time. I think they're having a hard time figuring out the open world stuff. It seems like based on this game, and it makes it makes narrative sense in Arceus. I don't really know that the narrative necessarily benefits from it being open world in this game um but if they take nothing else away into the next the next one that they do i hope that like just the narrative swings they took in this and you know allowing themselves to have some complexity and depth to the characters um and not necessarily follow what used to be a standard formula like i hope they're unafraid to keep doing that yeah yeah i agree I agree. I really appreciate that this game did what it did. I love that we get to do an episode like this where we dig into the actual narrative bits of Pokemon. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the only Pokemon game that has done stories and stuff. It just has a really cohesive story from beginning to end um, mm-hmm. with regards to your partner, uh, the legendary bike, and the professor stuff at the end. And, you know, the the time travel stuff that really, once you once you encounter it, you sort of see how it was building um through various things that you're doing or at least the mystery of it was building so i really like it um it's not often we get to do like deep dives into story stuff um on victory road i mean there's some anime arcs that really go for it um but you know they they don't quite quite dig Mm -hmm. as deep as maybe this game does so very glad to have done it very glad you were down to join me for this because i i even already appreciating the story i feel like talking it out the way that we did i appreciate it even more and there are characters i appreciate even more um just like really exclusively talking about it because it's almost hard to talk about this game without having people bring up it's performance issues so the fact that Uh you and i could just sort of like just hone in i think has been a lot of fun yeah yeah, I mean, for good reason. The performance issues are a problem. Really bad. Big problem. Really big bad. Big problem. Yeah, they dropped, so like it's, they, it's fair, but... On this very day that we're recording, they dropped a patch that you and I have not experienced yet. So hopefully uh, those conversations out of less necessity will start to die down. But we'll see. We'll see. I hope so. I hope uh, so. They're going to keep patching. They have to. This game is, is so to. bad um, with, with regards <laughs> to performance and bugs and stuff. So, um, uh, thank you for this little escape from all of that talk. Of course. <laughs> of course. Anything to get away from the usual discourse. Exactly. Happy to help with that. I know. And I hope that people enjoyed this. I hope that this provided some perspective or, or had people thinking about characters and narratives more than they might typically in a Pokemon game. Cause you know, you just never know with a Pokemon game, how much story you're going to get. So, uh, thank you, Derek, for joining me to talk all about this story. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, if people want to find you and other stuff that you talk about, where might they do that and what are you talking about? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, high, oh my God, high concept experimental <laughs> structure breaking gimmicky episodes of television. Um, with a new show and new guests for every episode. Um, it's been on like a little hiatus for a while because mm-hmm. I needed a break, uh, but a new season is going to come out in 2023. So oh, nice. um, definite date T uh, TBA, but it'll be like early and earlier in the year. 
earlier rather than later. So you'll see new episodes of that now, but there's a, you know, uh, 29 or so episodes out there right now for you to check out anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow it on Twitter and Instagram at gimmicks pod. And we do a podcast together, but I feel like you've got your whole spiel. So I'll let you say the other podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. That if I'm you like on. what, I, yeah, yeah. If you like what I do here on victory road, you can find more of what I'm doing on Twitter at icky bully or on my other podcast, walloping web snappers, which I do with Derek. It's a Spider-Man cartoon podcast where if you like how we talked about this game, the stories and the characters, that's what we do over there is we talk about Spider-Man cartoons, stories, characters, themes, stuff like that. So um, if you like Spider-Man 2, there's a lot of us, the two of us talking about Spider-Man that way. We also did a monthly podcast called Falling with Style, where we watched every Pixar movie um, chronologically. So tracking kind of the progression of those movies and, of course, the stories and narratives. Um, That one is sort of on a um, just circumstantial hiatus until the next Pixar movie comes out because we got all caught up. So uh, there are currently 26 Pixar feature films released and we covered all 26 of them. So check that out and and get ready for Elemental when that happens. Um, And also, Mm -hmm. if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, uh, where my friend Katie and I catch up on all the books, video games, and pieces of pop culture we've been consuming lately. For information on this show, be sure to find us on social media at Victory Road Pod. And if there's something in the world of the Pokemon you would like for us to talk about, just let us know. Until next time, I'm headed back to the Paldea region where I'm actually going to meet up with Derek and uh, trade some Paradox Pokemon because I still haven't seen most of them from the future, at least. (laughs) Yay! See you then. See ya. See ya.